All right, listen up. This is the Prime to Rise podcast. We are here to redefine education. Well, how do we do that? We prime you to bring value. We prime you to take advantage of opportunities. We prime you to rise up the ranks in your career. My name is Ike. I am your host. You can follow me at Don't Tread on Ike on Instagram. We also have my guy Chris here. You can follow him at Shine On. I will tag him in the posts. And of course, we have Ty, the video guy, our producer and beats master. There is one more thing before we dive in. We do have a student loan and budget calculator available on the website. Go check that out at prime2rise.com. That's prime, the number two, rise.com. Go find out what the return on investment is for your education. Let's dive in. Finding a mentor, why so important and why so difficult? Whether you are a young person trying to find a mentor or you are a leader of a company trying to pair a young person with a seasoned mentor, it can be extremely difficult. So the questions are, why do people struggle? Why is it that major corporations seem to spend millions of dollars and fail? <laughs> and why do they see the value? So Chris, as somebody who is not in the construction industry, I definitely want to hear your take on these things. Here are the reasons that I see. I'm going to list them off. I have them written down right here. Number one, not everybody wants to be a mentor, right? Pretty sure. simple. It's Maybe it's because they just have no interest in helping people. Maybe they're self-centered. Um, maybe they just suck at it, right? Like not everyone can teach, right? There's that old expression, those who can do and those who can't teach. Well, a lot of people who can are just assholes and just aren't good at it or just aren't good at it. They're super nice people, but they're not somebody that you want to learn from. Let's circle back to that too. Okay, well, let's go for it right now. Well, because some of the people that I've followed that have never directly taught me anything have also taught me valuable lessons because you can still learn from them whether you just be around them whether you make note of how they act how they behave it's either a lesson on what to do or also what not to do so you really can still learn from those people even if they're not going to help you they can still help you right so and there's an interesting study that was done at one point where two people had never even seen a basketball before they had one practice every week with a coach or all week with a coach. They had another one watch Michael Jordan and not touch a basketball at all. They played on one-on-one -on -one at the end of the week, the one that watched Michael Jordan won, right? So <laughs> it's not always about hand-holding, right? Sometimes you got to learn who to watch, mm -hmm. right? And whether or not that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? So I think the other issue is like, how do you tell, right? So you just, you just alluded to something that's very difficult for people. Like, how do you know who... Uh, you should follow who you should listen to. I think as a young person, we always look up to older people and sometimes we can latch on to people. Our parents might be the, the biggest example, right? Like I'm not advocating for you to break away from your parents, but I think a lot of people grow up and they look at the parents and they're like, oh, maybe they, don't, they didn't know everything. And maybe they were just like you and I are young parents right now, right? Like we both have under a two-year-old and we think back to the way our parents were. And it's like, oh shit, they didn't know what they were doing either, right? <laughs> not a clue. So they're figuring it out on the fly, right? So I think- I think that the best way to do that is to get the get the right mentor, right? So, yeah. so it's catch it's catch twenty two. So how, so what are some of the ways that you found it? So I think the proof is in the pudding. I think you look at the way other people respect them, right? How do people regard them? So a lot of people are going to try to preach to you, and and I think a lot of people, even the people that um, aren't necessarily out there to teach or, or want to be vested in mentoring people. They will always have a lot to say, and you're going to run into a lot of pessimists that have a lot of complaints, and they're going to paint a bunch of terrible pictures for you. I think the important thing to realize is that 
other people's perceptions matter, right? Pay attention to what other people think of other people, how clients react, how subcontractors react, how other people that they manage react, right? And I, th I think the other thing is like, once you find that person, they will help you identify easily who to and who not to follow. Well, and on that point too, is if you can, if you, there's going to be people out there that will have that pessimistic view, you still should pay attention to them. But one thing, if you're susceptible to this, like I am, I'm more prone to follow along to that person's pessimism for X amount of time. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, you got to realize that is actually not serving you anymore. You still need to pay attention to them. You can't ignore them because they're pessimists. You got to take that info, but you also need to keep moving forward and keep your attitude correct and your mindset in line. Because if you fall into that pessimism too, you can find the wrong mentor in that and you can send yourself down the wrong path. And I think the other thing about the pessimism is you're learning something, right? You're learning somebody's pain points. So mm -hmm. as a per young person coming up, even if they're not your mentor, the best thing that you can do is bring value to people around you, right? Like you want them talking good about you, right? So if you can alleviate some of those pain points or some of the things that they're pessimistic about, then you're setting yourself up for success. And I think, you know, think down the road too, right? So when you become that manager and you rise up the ranks, you have to now manage these people, right? So what do people get pessimistic about? What pisses them off? What pisses them off about their current boss? How can you make it better, right? And maybe even that maybe, maybe even if their perception is wrong, how do you tackle that? How do you, you know, it's like that movie Inception, like how do you get in their brain and change that thought about them? And maybe it's just you, maybe it's just what you bring to the table, right? So why do all these companies fail? Right, because everybody has like a mentorship program and everybody tries to bring in younger people and everybody struggles. You, you can't find good help, right? You, that's been a saying for you know however long, for decades. And I think from what I see, everyone has the same playbook, right? Their mentor program is a big brother, big sister program where a young person comes in and they say, hey, go, go hang out with Frank on this job and I want you to be a sponge, learn everything you can from Frank. They don't think about the personality pairing. They don't think about whether the person's a good mentor or whether that's a good, a conducive situation for somebody to, or a conducive environment for somebody to grow in, right? And then they kind of turn an eye to it and they say, hey, we checked a box. You know, we have a mentorship program and, you know, we're, we're trying to make people better, right? So there's a, there's a few reasons why that doesn't work too, right? Like people, like I say it over and over again, the construction industry, architecture, engineering, uh, construction is such a stressed industry because there's not enough people in it, right? There's not enough bandwidth to go around. I don't have time to help little Johnny, like get him up to speed, okay? Like I have a project to run. I have a client that's up my ass. And to be honest with you, like if I try to delegate to him or, or give him an opportunity to bring value, he's just going to screw it up. And then I'm going to have to go do it myself after I already took the time to explain something to him. So it's like the path of least resistance. It's like, listen, I got to run as fast as I can and I can just run faster without you. So how does a new person, little Johnny, how does he actually help that project manager? So you got to, you always, always, always got to rip responsibility out of people's hands, right? Like, even if do look for things to do that you are not asked to do. Okay. Follow up on things, ask questions, be proactive, just be vigilant and on the hunt to just find ways that you can bring value to the table. Right. 
Now that's a shitty situation to be in. And I have an example of what happens in that type of, of situation. Um, but it's, it's basically about the path of, of least resistance, yeah. right? So you, there's people get paired up in the wrong with the wrong people. It's the wrong situation. And then sometimes just the nuance of day-to-day life, it just doesn't allow for it, right? So, and, and speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up um, to that person. Just say like, hey, you got to realize that, you know, if you go to their boss and you say that, you might make them look bad, right? And then, then people are going to hate you and not want to work with you. And they're definitely not going to want to teach you, right? But somebody will always respect trying to take responsibility and trying to be proactive. So try to do that and try to ask questions, especially, um, you know, at lunches or at coffee breaks or things like that thing, downtime when people are trying to, you know, unwind and relax. And also one of the things I learned too, is when people aren't giving you the time of day, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't like you or they don't want to talk to you or all those things. Like you said, they're already busy. So that front, when you go to approach them and you get that, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh my God, they hate me. So I can't ever go talk to them. But if you show up with nothing, you're going to get nothing in return. But if you show up like, hey, I saw you were doing this. Uh, where can I help there? I saw you're doing this. How can I help? Like if you if you approach it from that perspective with some insight, some show that you were paying attention that you actually want to help, they're more likely to give you that time of day. Because I've done both. I've Mm. gone to people like, how can I help? And they're like, get the fuck away from me, dude. I don't have time for this. Or if I go like knowing what they actually need, you then they're like, all right, here's what's going on, and they'll put you in the mix. So don't mistake. I'd say to people, don't mistake people's standoffishness as a dislike for you. They're going their own direction. You just brought up a great point. I never thought of this. So like the last thing that you want to be too is a puppy dog on a leash at somebody's hip, right? Like nothing's more annoying than somebody like (laughs) nipping at your heels all the time, right? So maybe it's not asking that person how to be proactive or responsibility and say, well, they gave me nothing to do. I don't know. Go ask, like if you're a general contractor, go ask the plumber, hey, are you waiting on anything from us? Can I help you in any way? How can I make your job easier? Go ask the foreman of the different trades. Call up the architect and don't say, I have nothing to do. Like I'm yeah. looking for something to do. Just as a client approach, hey, just checking in. Is there any, are you waiting on us for anything? Is there anything that I can push through for you, right? You're, it's the mindset of constantly trying to seek how to bring value to other people outside of you. Everybody outside of you is a client. You are a client to no one. And how do you bring value to them? Mm-hmm. Right. So I have two examples, two stories. Yep. Right. So the first one, it, they happen simultaneously. Right. One summer we had a couple co-ops. So the difference between a co-op and an internship, um, a lot of internships happen over the summer. They're paid, not paid. A co-op is like when your college forces you to go work for a a certain amount of time. I went to Wentworth Institute of Technology in Boston. Uh, Northeastern does this. I think Purdue does this. Um, a, 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 I think Ohio State does it. A, bu- a bunch of colleges do the co-op program, right? So co-op program is when you're forced into a work situation. Internship is typically during the summer, right? Either way, you're working typically for a pretty cheap value, which by the way, in the construction industry, architecture, engineering, construction is at least $20 an hour, even in Florida right now which is equivalent to $40,000 a year, and you're not qualified to do a damn thing. So go do that because that's the best education that you're going to get. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we had two kids come in at the same time. What's funny is kid one went to school for construction management, knew he wanted to be in the industry, was passionate about it. Number two, I convinced him at a job fair 
<laughs> to basically take the internship because I saw the potential in him, right? Um, he was a mechanical engineering student and he was more like into tech though. Like he wanted to wind up, you know, making some sort of new technology or something like that. Brilliant, brilliant kid, right? Both both were, were smart. The first kid got paired with a senior project manager in his late 40s, been in the industry 25 years. And it was exactly that situation where I can run faster without you, sit here, read drawings, you know, just don't bother me. Don't bother me, right? He did nothing, right? He wasted his summer. And there, the, the disappointing part about it for him was that he didn't gain anything. He didn't gain the work experience. And although he has a time period where he was employed um, on a resume, something that applies to the industry, he can't walk away with any value that he could have brought to anybody, yeah. right? Which sucks. The even worse part about that, we didn't know what he was worth. What if he was God's gift to construction? <laughs> like, what if he was the Michael Jordan of construction? What if he was a diamond in the rough? Like, you, you just, we don't know. And I don't know where he even is today. I'm sure he's he's doing well at, at a contractor, but it's it's it, it was a two-way street of a lost opportunity. Okay, so that is a men example of the mentor program failing, that typical playbook failing. Now for a success story. This is the kid that wasn't in, interested in construction. And of course, his mentor, yours truly, right? <laughs> today, even today, he's still with the same company and he is thriving. He is... Um, one of the highest potential uh, fast track young people in the company, multi-billion dollar uh, corporation. And I couldn't be more proud of him. I hope he's my boss one day, right? My goal was to develop him to the point where I'm a giant and he's standing on my shoulders, right? He's reaching for something higher. Um, since he was with me and I took him aside and I showed him things and I constantly tied him into what I was doing and I saw that he took the initiative, he wanted the responsibility, right? He flourished. And I always gave him enough rope to hang himself, but I never actually let him hang himself, right? So I was always there and I would always let him do his own thing and kind of take the bull by the horns, but I wouldn't let him get himself in trouble, right? And he, like I said, he's one of the highest paid young people, high, highly coveted, you know, different offices and, and different companies want him. I think at 25 years old, he got his first offer for six figures, okay? So, um, that's not the best part of his story, <laughs> okay? So again, first kid wanted to be in, failed opportunity. Second kid didn't even know that construction was, was an opportunity and look where he is, right? When you take advantage of these opportunities and you find the right mentor, you're maximizing your opportunity in life, okay? The best thing that you can do for yourself in any industry is network, right? The stronger network you have, the endless amount of possibilities you have. And I, I'll do another episode on the endless amount of possibilities in the construction industry, but you never know what life will throw at you and you never know how grateful you will be to have developed such a solid reputation and brought value to other people, okay? So what he didn't know as a young person is that he was going to face deportation one day, right? Again, you don't know what life's gonna throw at you, sure. <laughs> okay? He didn't get deported because the company saw so much value in him that they did everything it took to keep him in North America, right? And it's not easy once, because every country has a lottery basically that they get so many slots to stay in America every year for work visas. He didn't get it, 
from his company, right? And he was facing facing have to go back to Asia. Companies don't just do that for anybody. It takes an HR person like 40 hours a week for several weeks to do the paperwork to get somebody to stay. They're not just going to do that for anybody, right? So when when you bring so much value and you develop such a strong network, you don't know what that's going to do for you. And I think, you know, the the really important thing is this. In the construction industry, the value that people have been building things for thousands of years, back to freaking mud huts that are still standing somewhere in the world, right? The need for these skills aren't isn't going away. They could shut down the power grid. We could go back to the Stone Age tomorrow. And being able to build and having certain knowledge of certain trades, architecture, construction, carpentry, plumbing, HVAC, the economy could tank tomorrow. We still need HVAC maintenance guys. We still need plumbers. We still need electricians. We still need people to run those people. We need architects. We need all of these. We need civil engineers to make sure that waterways and ducts work. And God forbid everything, anything ever happened to society. We need to bring those people back. Look what happened in the hurricane, right? All of a sudden, the most important person in Southwest Florida was an electrician overnight. I know somebody that made $24,000 in a month in Florida as an electrician, right? So you don't know the value in the network that you develop, what an amazing opportunity that's going to bring for you, how it's going to take care of you when the shit hits the fan and it creates a value for you that'll keep you fed for the rest of your life. More than keep you fed. It's going to make you pretty freaking wealthy. It's going to make you an upper-class individual pretty fast. So, all right. So to just to, to recap this, how would you put all this in a truncate it? You know, to truncate it, the most valuable thing that you can do is find the right mentor. Be vigilant about it, right? Do whatever it takes to find the right mentor. And just remember, we always talk about paying it forward, right? The only thing better than finding the right mentor is being that same person for somebody else. So learn what you can, leverage other people's experience, and then leverage your experience through other people. And the more you can teach other people, the more you'll learn too. That's right. That, so that there's a the study like you learn 10% of what you hear you retain, I think like 30% of what you write, and it goes up through all these activities, but you retain 90% of what you teach somebody else, right? So you're honing your own skills, you're making your community better. Um, and when you're teaching other people and, and you're paying that forward, you're developing your network. Because like I said, hey, maybe this kid's my boss one day. You know what I mean? And I hope he is because I think the world of him. And um, who knows Who knows what uh, propelling his career to higher heights and keeping him in the country might do for me one day, right? <laughs> uh, but it, for right now, um, working it out, working that working out for him is more than enough for me. So 